Moshon is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 125 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated Buffalo sports podcast covering Bills, Sabres, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Witty Sports 716 and make sure you check out Everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day, live shows, best Bills content out there at Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on tonight? Draft week, draft week. It's when we hit our peak. If we trade down on night one, then this season might be fun. Draft week, draft week. Receivers what I seek. Or we trade up for Jackson. That'd be some fun draft action. Matt, what up? Boom, we boom, arrived. boom, boom. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't, we don't have the rights from Zvenga Boys. If there was a Mount Rushmore of Jock Jam songs, would that be on there? You think that's a Jock Jam? I don't consider okay, that no. a Jock Jam at all. No, you don't? No. I feel like that was like a big arena anthem. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Arena anthem, like hype music that they would play during a game, doesn't make it a Jock Jam, I don't think. Oh, is no. that how you okay, think you define I Jock I, Jam? I, yes, that is. So like anything that's hype music, anything that they would play like during a Bandits game, you know, when they play like the 40 second clips of different songs during Bandits kind of, play. Yeah. That, those are all Jack Jams to you. Those are yeah. all of those are Jack Jams to you. Oh my What's God, a Jack no. Jam to you? I think it has to be that, but also in its content about competition and or sport and or winning and losing and or something that involves like a, a champion or champion mentality. So come on, ride the train and ride it. Like that has nothing to do with sports. <laughs> yeah, I disagree. I'm looking up the lyrics. I disagree that that has nothing to do with Jack Jams. Like I always took it because I learned it in the context of this is a Jack Jam, that the train was like a symbol for, for momentum. The first lyrics past that, way deep down south where we play this game. What else I do I need to say? You're the only person to look up the lyrics for that song. You can think yeah. that, but I think that you got to get your next of kin, your sister and your friend, pack it up now because we're jumping on that trade and riding it. Is Marva Go Bills, Fight Bills, Go a Jack Jam? Yes. Technically? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think technically, yes. I don't know. Like, does it have to be ever on Jack Jams to be a Jack Jam? I don't think so. I guess not. But what you're really arguing for, I guess, is if jock jams you ubiquitously existed in time or there was no beginning or end to a jock jams era what would what the caveman be, jock jams yeah like what would all be on jock jams stones on stones stone 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 clack 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 fire 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 ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> yeah exactly we'll have, have a, we'll have to have a very in-depth discussion about jock jams and what classifies and what does not in a, in a future episode but tony we got a big show for the listeners tonight we are one week away from the draft. Later on, we welcome 
Ian Cummings, NFL draft analyst at Pro Football Network, on to discuss whatever Brandon Bean is possibly thinking next week. Great player insights. It's one more week before Roger Goodell gets like an infinite amount of hugs. How, how can you not be excited, Tony? I know Roger Goodell's excited. Oh, yeah. A little too excited. That's what I'm saying. Sit back down, sit back down in that chair, Roger. You can take the boy out of the Southern tier, but you can't take the Southern tier out of the boy. Am I, inferring, <laughs> oh, am I inferring that everyone in Cattaraugus County is a pervert? Maybe. Shout out to Cattaraugus County. Cat County. Cat County pride. We love you. And Tony, the other big news is the Bills are back at One Bills Drive this week with voluntary workouts. And that means we got our first sound bites, first media press conferences of the year. Let's go through some of them, some of the big names. We'll start with GM Brandon Bean. It's his time to shine one week before the draft. Let's play a little game called Smoke or Fire. I'm going to give you a quote Brandon Bean said. You tell me if it's smoke, as in he just wants it out there in the nether regions of the NFL draft circles and whatnot to get people off the scent, off the tracks in terms of what the Bills are going to do, or if it's fire, if you think there's some legitimacy to what he said. So are you ready for quote number one? Yeah, I like how this episode is taking a real like Neanderthalic theme. The throwback episode. It's a throwback episode. You're right. It's throwback Thursday tonight. Shout out those cavemen. Shout out those cavemen. Great sitcom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nick Roll's beginning. Yes, exactly. Nick Roll's got a SAG card there. I don't know if he really got a SAG card, but it was was his beginning. That was Zorgian's story. The moment we met. The moment we met (laughs) Nick Roll and our lives changed forever. As a caveman. Unbelievable. As a caveman. Tony, Brandon Bean, first quote, when asked to compare how many first-round grades he has this year as compared to last year, he says, it's not great. Do you think he's blowing smoke? Do you think he has more first-round grades than he's letting on, possibly in a trade-up, possibly in a stay where you're at, see how the board falls and pick the best player available, or is there fire? Does he, does he not think it's great? And maybe that scenario plays out where it's a trade-down scenario. What do you think? You think the smokiness is here for Brandon Bean saying not a lot of first round grades this year on his big board? Uh, Matt, I am saying fire. I think that he doesn't have to lie because I think it's a universally accepted objective fact that there's not enough first round round grades to go around this year, which is a little scary because last year when we when we traded up for Elam, he said there was one player left with a first round grade. <laughs> so if even that, like, ideally you want to make it, I guess, into the 30s to have right. how many first round grades you have, or at least you want to make it to where you pick. And we had to trade up for Elam to get to get there. So this is even worse than that. Is it just Brandon means a hard grader? He's just too tough on these That's guys? what I wonder. I wonder that, but I kind of think no. I kind of think that's just... I think every, I think to make it as far as Brandon Bean did, like you, you maybe have to be a hard grader. But I mean, it's also, you know, there's a lot of scouts in that room. There's a lot of graders and evaluators in that room, just as there are in all so. rooms. So I mean, it goes hand in hand with something he said later on as well. He said, "If I were in Vegas putting money down, I would say it's more likely we trade back than go up," which I would be all for. They only have six picks this year. Trade back. There's a lot of depth that needs to be filled. I think when you look at roster construction on this team yeah maybe in terms of starters or first stringers if you will they're set for this year but past this year it gets a little dicey every defensive tackle is not under contract past this year currently on the roster you have Poyer only on a two-year deal you have Micah Hyde looking for an extension 
there, there's a lot of holes they could fill here. Uh, you could upgrade at right tackle. So I would say trade down and and just play the volume game. Just just get as many draft picks as you can. If it's a volume game, because I think there's a lot of depth this year. And, and when we talk to Ian, we're, we're going to go into that depth of this year's draft later on. But it seems like this is the quintessential year to trade down, get three third round picks or something like that. And maybe you, you find a guy who who fell through the cracks a la Matt Milano or something who fits really well into your system and your scheme and can excel even though he was taken in the third round. So I, I'm all for it. I think this is all fire as well. I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of top end talent in this draft and couple that with the fact that Brandon Bean might be a, too hard of a grader on these guys. I think a trade down could very well be in the books here if, if the scenario plays out correctly. And wouldn't that be interesting, Tony? We don't have a day one pitch. I mean, I'd be okay with that. I'd be a little resentful. Would you? I wouldn't. I'd be so mad. Typically, time-wise, yeah, the 27th yeah. pick is picked like at 1130 at night. You're going to make me wait all this time, Brandon Bean, just to not pick a guy? I mean, that is the downside, but <laughs> it would make Friday and Saturday more fun with more picks. I guess. Quote number two, talking about the potential draft picks. Quote, look for the players you like, fit what you do, and have defined roles if you take him. Like this guy is coming in to compete for a starter role or year one backup, maybe can help us on special teams, but on year two, he's a replacement for a starter. So this this quote scares me a little because I think there's fire to this quote. And it's not just smoke because the more Brandon Bean talks about guys coming into year two and having an impact, the more I think he kind of likes Terrell Bernard, <laughs> which scares me to death. Yeah. I think that you're making that jump to make it about Terrell Bernard because of your inherent fear of, of Terrell Bernard. Well, he's the only year two guy being on the team that did nothing last year, like literally. Yeah. When he, when I, when I heard Brandon Bean say this, I thought he was talking about Cook. I had Cook in my yeah, brain. Too. I could see that. Cook didn't really come I, on until halfway past the season. He Wolf also makes a lot of sense. Like to sit for him saying that in the context of, and we're going to slide He-Wolf into the slot, and he's going to blow up. It's a, it's a big make-or-break for He-Wolf. I feel like I kinda he's going to have yeah. he's going to have the fast track to that starting slot receiver role, and he needs to he needs to He-Wolf it up. I'll tell you that. He needs yeah. to take advantage of that. He needs his hips to start telling the truth. <laughs> his hips can't lie. Right. I think he does have a great waka waka chance to make an impact, though. Oh, I think he totally does too. I think I absolutely think he does, and I think he he better for all of our sakes. <laughs> He better, because if he does not, there's going to be a lot of egg on our face pushing this he-wolf thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just, can't have yes. that. Our reputation is on the line here. Khalil, our reputation is on the line. I know you only had 10 catches last year, but they were 10 big catches. And he averaged mm-hmm. 16 yards a catch. Just extrapolate that 10 times. 100 catches. 1,600 yards. 1,600 yards. You know, 10 he, touchdowns. I, Very doable. Very doable. That's what I'm saying. Easily with Josh Allen behind you. When I'm saying, I mean, Khalil, maybe you don't want to do it for your career. Maybe you don't want to do it for your own success, for the money, the fame. Maybe you don't want to do it for the ring. Do it for us. Do it for for two podcasters. Yeah. (laughs) Do it for two podcasters in their spare bedrooms and basements. Do it for us. We're the true fans. We're the ones that matter. We yes, need this. we matter. We need a, We need a win. What in this man's life matters more than us? And making Tony and Matt happy. He just got married. Or nothing. I think, right? 
The wheel did? Yes, I saw that. It doesn't matter. What? Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. All right. His well, wife yeah, is second. His wife is second string on his roster and his life roster. Damn well, better be. I mean, I was nice he, enough he to invite to him to my wedding. Numero I didn't get an invite to his right wedding. Here. <laughs> he needs to take care of Numero Uno, man, Tony. N- New, exactly. Living up to the he wolf name. <laughs> right. Tony, my final bean quote Brandon Bean said, The one position we don't have a lot of on the future is D tackle. Safety, we will see. Mm-hmm. I'm saying smoke here. Yes, we don't have a lot of future D tackles because we don't have any future D tackles, literally, but. This is a deep class. I don't know if there's worthy a first round guy to take that can come in and have an instant impact from day one. I'm seeing a lot of smoke. Maybe this is just him getting a soundbite out there to other teams who might want to jump ahead of the Bills or might want to jump ahead of a team behind the Bills who are looking for D tackle. You never know. So I'm I'm saying smoke on this one for Brandon Bean. He's putting some I think it smoke, makes, smoke signals out there. I think it makes sense to be smoke on this. In the sense that where we're picking in 27, like we know in this interview, he's already alluded to the idea of us trading down. So with the concept that he's going to bring up D tackle and safety, maybe just because he has the opportunity to, but that's also like 27 is kind of also a meaty part of the draft for some polarizing players, some controversial players that could be, you know, if someone wants to trade up to ensure that they get them, it could be for a D tackle or safety right in that area. There's there's a lot of players that could fall at both of those positions. Like basically what I hear him saying amidst the smoke is like, well, you know, Brian Brissy could be here and you should trade up oh, for him because no. we might do him. And he's saying, <laughs> you know, Brian Branch might fall here and uh, we could take him. So maybe you should trade up for him with us. And, then, and right. so, so like Brian Brees scares me. T-Rex arms. We wouldn't no. take him. I don't think he's even on the radar. Hope not. Yeah. Brian Branch could be on the radar though. I like that. I like yeah, Brian I kind of like Brian. Br- I kind of like Brian Branch too. He he could bring some. He could do either one. Like we can slide him in at corner and then bring him back to safety. And, down. Yeah, yeah, and then like if we use him one way this year, we can use him another way next year. Yeah, I kind of like that versatility. Yeah. Uh, Tony, moving on. This is definitely not smoke. This is absolutely fire. We need to talk about Josh and his hair. Yeah, I agree that we do. Now, Matt, I blame is myself. the man having an identity crisis. <laughs> no, I blame I blame myself because this is this is what happened. Okay. So, Matt, as you know, or uh, uh, Josh Allen hits the Bills media room on Tuesday, and that's where we see this mane that he's got on his head, <laughs> all all the clamps all over the place. Well, that's when Josh Allen hit the media room. But what you don't know, Matt, is Yours truly hit the media room Monday evening. An advisory board? We had a fan advisory board meeting. And Matt, I will tell you, we left that place a mess. Oh, no. We trashed the media room. So <laughs> when, when I left, the media room was just a jungle of stadium renderings and Chick-fil-A boxes. So I They got totally, you Chick-fil-A? Yeah. <laughs> you get like excited. Wow. Yeah. When so knowing how we left that, I tell you what, if I had to navigate that situation, my hair would have been a mess too. <laughs> uh, it looks like you just got out of a low flow shower. <laughs> you know, I mean, the stadium is falling apart around them, yes. so I'm not surprised that the shower water pressure are losing be... water pressure. 
needed to be checked. Uh, Tony, next what screams to me? Next fan advisory board. That's what I'm asking about. I'm just going to raise my hand yes. and be like, so new stadium, how's the water pressure going to be? Yes. First thought I had when it came to Josh's hair, that's single guy hair. That is absolutely <laughs> single guy hair. He's not, yeah. it's not a quaff gelled over, nicely parted. It is messy. It is free. It is loose. Someone's telling me it's he's going pants. home. It's the yep, sweatpants he's going of home, hair. Putting sweatpants on, down in a, a 12 pack of Labats, firing up the 12? old Xbox, Call of Duty. I hope to God he's not drinking 12 beers alone recreationally. Well, not in one sitting, but. Just busted oh, okay. out, busted okay. out one. So I thought you meant. Uh, firing oh up gosh. the old Xbox, Call of Duty, and then uh, blaring some OAR, as single guys do. OAR. <laughs> I don't know if I picture Josh an OAR guy. Oh, you don't? I definitely But do. with only with that hair. Well, maybe he wasn't like, before, maybe. but now he is. Now he's single. Yeah, maybe he wasn't. <laughs> now he can find himself. Yes. And it the is. music of OAR. And yes, and it is two songs, 36 minutes apiece. <laughs> with a... 17 minute guitar solo <laughs> hell yeah just jam it out that's how the allen um, boys do it josh's big quote was uh he's never been more focused on football in his life than he is now I, I mean should we stop the podcast and go put in our future bet for mvp right now <laughs> the man is I single just... he's got no care in the world he's got hair like damn samson out there <laughs> he's fo- he claims he's MVP, focused on Super football Bowl. He's focused on football for now. Oh, but okay. What I'm worried Take about, there. what I'm worried about, as soon as camp starts and there's a whole oh, new wow. city, <laughs> there's a whole new city unleashing the floodgates for that man. Summertime, sundresses around. Oh, no. The Fisher dorms don't know what's about to hit him. That's my fear. You should really try and see what uh, movies Kyle Brandt is making him watch. And if it's like, all right, it's going to be like Van Wilder followed by meatballs animal house <laughs> followed by yeah animal house followed by old school just bro movies yep just bros on campus and and when we do get to training camp the big question is will josh allen be using vendor row barbershop i hope we all use vendor <laughs> row barbershop like that they that's like one personal goal that i have for summer all teachers over summer have like personal growth goals uh mm. i mean most most do i think you know large and small but Mine is to get over the hump of anxiety to have my hair cut in the Fisher parking lot. It's a real power move. <laughs> yeah, it is a real power move. I know. Have everyone walk past looking at you getting your hair cut in this random place. Yes. To That's an awful put move. all to put your faith in that tent, to walk into that pop-up tent and say, I'm ready. <laughs> a blank canvas. It's a leap of faith. <laughs> it's a big leap of faith. A lot of things with a lot you're of the artist. I'm the canvas. Do what you will. <laughs> yep. Do Pop it up, up. Ted Barber. Yeah, you got a bills. You got a charging buffalo stripe going through the side of your head. That's right. I feel like they do. Oh, yes. I feel like they probably do a lot of those at that camp. Oh, especially for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's probably why it's yeah. there, right? To do some kind of like mm, probably is charging buffalo stripe. Yeah, that's probably the main reason. We're probably overlooking this too much as like a legitimate barbershop and not like a novelty thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Finally, uh, Von Miller. I don't care what he said because from this point on, nothing that Von Miller says holds any weight in my book. The man is a habitual liar. He's not in any inner circles. So when he says he talks to DeAndre Hopkins every day and DeAndre Hopkins is excited about the potential of becoming a Bill, I do not believe any word that is coming out of that man's mouth. 
He said another and thing. I think today. we have every right so, to feel that way. He hypes it up a lot in some ways. And I'm saying this seriously. Do you wonder if he's hyping it up to make it seem like he ha- he can be like a really good GM? Like he's saying, are you kidding me? I'm recruiting uh, DeAndre Hopkins to come up north. And like Levante said, he's like, had Von Miller called me, I would have joined the Bills. And I'm working then, out with Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Come on, Von. Right. Like Von, Von just said it all. And he had another quote today. I don't know if you saw. He said, rumor has it, the Bills are about to get another big offensive weapon. Ooh, shoulders. Source is me. <laughs> yeah, the so right. The source is me. I'm the rumor starter and fueler and fanner. Remember the the Brady Bunch movie? And every time like Jan would speak, Marsha would be like, "Sure, Jan, whatever." He's like not believing her whatsoever. That's how I kind of get. Yeah, it's a when, sure Jan. Yeah, yeah, it's a sure Jan. Every time Vaughn speaks, I'm like, mm, "Okay, sure, Vaughn, whatever you say." Yeah, sure, not believing any word he says. Uh. Yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm at. It's not that I'm not believing it. It could happen. But I'm like, I think the, I just think that the perspective of like these ultra confident veteran players, it's like they think they're in the NBA and like all their friends are going to come and play on the same team. And, you know, they have the power to like make that happen. Irvine. Yeah, that's all, I, that's all I can say. That's that's my reply from now on. Uh, Tony, any other pieces of information, sound bites, anything stand out to you during this first week of voluntary workouts for the bills and only week at that Steph Diggs not being there as he wasn't there last year. So don't get into don't crazy care. bills mafia. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. It's voluntary. It's whatever. I don't care. that he's not there. Uh, somebody, somebody said on Twitter is like, he's got other prior obligations. He needs that are more important than voluntary. I'm like, what? <laughs> what prior obligations? What does, Steph what Diggs does that have? even mean? Yeah. What do you, what, that, what do you yeah, know? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't think he's doing anything right family feud? I hope so. Oh, we all hope so. Although his last performance what if he's doing like a big, very disappointing. What if, he's doing like a, what if he's doing like a big reality show, like a whole season of a show? Like he's on like a... Big Brother? Like, I don't know what it's... He can't be on Big Brother. He's got to come back for camp. Big Brother won't be over in time. But like, uh, you know, like what's like that show where they put Mike Piazza in like a car in the water to escape or something? Whatever those shows are. Like you know. Fear Factor? Yeah, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he's on a show we yeah. don't even know about. Maybe he's on Celebrity Mall. I don't know. Oh, don't get our hopes up, Tony. Do you think Stefan Diggs would be a good mole on the mole? No, he'd be the worst mole. Agreed. He would blow that. He would blow it like right away. <laughs> like literally. Like first <laughs> week, they'd be like, who's the mole? And everyone would be like, Steph Diggs. And yeah. Be like, yeah, yeah. Just be like, ah. <laughs> yeah. He'd just be like, Psh. Not, yeah. a, not a good mole for sure. Tony, but you know who could possibly be a good mole? Military background. Marv Levy. Mm-hmm. Good be. The- We'd be speaking German right now if it wasn't for Marv Levy. So <laughs> bold take. Yeah. That's well, true though. It's true. It's facts. Facts. Do true. you have a history degree? I do. You do. You know. Let's throw it to Marv. After the break, we welcome guests from Pro Football Network. Ian Cummings on. Talk Bill's draft and all the prospects in this year's NFL draft pool. Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win. And we are back. Listeners, we now welcome to the show NFL draft analyst at Pro Football Network and maybe the highest S2 score of any podcast guest we've had on, Mr. Ian Cummings. Ian, thank you so much for taking the time tonight to join the Woody Not Funny Sports Podcast. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it's the best time of year, right? It's a week to go. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a long vacation once the draft finally gets over, man, because it has been <laughs> Probably quite a it. grind, quite a grind leading up to it. But uh, no, it's it's a fun time. And, you know, most of the work is already done at this point. We've got the board settled. We're just kind of, you know, waiting to see what happens, right? We're just kind of all in the same boat, just kind of hanging along for the ride. But uh, I'm happy to be here, happy to talk with you guys and happy to talk draft. Absolutely happy to have you on, man. Uh, so let's get right into it. The Buffalo Bills picking at 27 this year. Uh, we heard from Brandon Bean during voluntary workouts this week saying he doesn't have a lot of first round grades on guys. Now, whether that's smoke or it's fire and it's true, we'll never know. But just your overall assessment of this year's draft class. Is there talent? Is there a lot of top tier talent at that? And can the Bills end up getting a good player at 27? There is top two talent. You know, it, the blue chip tier is definitely thinner than we're, we, we've been accustomed to seeing. You know, usually there's, you know, maybe hopefully a dozen guys at the top that really kind of em, embody that. You know, and this year I've only got three players in the blue chip tier, right? And then after that, it's a little bit lower. Now, that's not to say there's good talent. There is first round talent, right? But I think that's here is a little bit thinner. And so maybe you'll see, you know, when teams start to get to the 2025 range, teams will start to you know trade up for maybe that one last guy on their board who's still in the first round range that you know they're looking to move up for so it'll be interesting to see i think it invites a lot of variance but um i would say he's accurate in that assessment it is a little bit thinner at the top now i do think there's a silver lining there it is a lot deeper in the day two range and even early day three i think there's going to be a good chance to get quality players in that range but um you know it comes to the cost of not as much immediate difference making at the top but um you know hey one thing that i like to do as a draft analyst is stay outcome independent right so on the surface not as much blue chip talent but we could look back in two to three years and you know maybe it's wrong maybe it exceeds expectations but right now on the surface yeah i'd say it's a little thin at the top, but pretty heavy in the middle. Put yourself in a GM shoes, in this case, Brandon Bean shoes. Would you draft at 27 for positional need? There are a couple holes on this roster, as we know, with the loss of Tremaine Edmonds, there's a big hole at linebacker. But would you draft for positional need at 27 or would you just take best player available? I would see how the board falls for sure. You know, and the Bills are in a unique spot because there's a lot of it really depends on who falls there. You know, I think this class in particular there is a lot of room for variance and it, it's very possible that a player at a position of need falls to them at that point. You know, I think, you know, maybe right tackle like Dewan Jones, if he's there, right. You know, I'm not sure he will be, you know, there's been buzz that maybe he goes higher, but you know, maybe he could or an edge rusher, right. You know, the thing with the bills, there's not a lot of positions where it would preclude them from picking that, right. You know, they have guys up for contract at defensive tackle, defensive end coming up. Right. So it's one of those things where, you know, whoever is there at any position, it's going to be an option for the Bills. I look at guys like, you know, maybe Miles Murphy falls. We've seen him falling in a lot of mock drafts and they like length on the edge too. So that could be an option. But um, for the Bills, it really just depends who's on the board, right? You know, who's still there. But um, I think there's a lot of different outcomes for them and they're in a good spot. You know, I think it's one of those things where maybe they trade up if the board is starting to get thin on their end. Like, you, like we mentioned before, you know, not as many first round blue chip talents, right? So if there is a guy that they really like and the board is starting to kind of get a little thin, make a move up, but, um, you know, they have options, I think. Miles Murphy going to play the uh, Jermaine Johnson role this year of a guy who has the talent to be a top 10, but just falls down and down. He, and could. Down. he could, man. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, I think at the top, especially that, that, that group of power edges, you know, it's, it's varying on everyone's board who the first one is. Some people like Tyree Wilson, some like Lucas Van Ness, they're all pretty clustered together for me. Uh, I've got them all pretty close together, but Murphy is, to me, he's got the best hands of the group. I think he's got leverage acquisition too. And then he ran a four five one at six five two sixty nine. The dude's a freak athlete too. But you know, at that at the same time, 
you know, consistency, overarching consistency can be a concern for him. So, you know, you'd want to see him kind of string reps together a little bit better, more consistently. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, people look at Tyree Wilson, I mean, 6'6", 275, 36 inch arms and they say, that's the guy I want on my line. That's the guy who I can move around from, you know, one tech to five tech and shade over the interior alignments or, you know, rush outside the tackles. So a little more alignment versatility with him. And, you know, maybe that's what pushes Murphy down. But he could be that guy who falls into the 20s and someone makes a move for him in that situation. Like, let's say he falls to 24. I know the Bills don't have a ton of capital. We mentioned uh, only six picks in this class. But, you know, if there is a situation like that where it's uh, only a, a modest jump, you know, maybe they make a slight move up. But um, again, you know, I think if you're the Bills, you do have some flexibility there. But I ideally, you let a talent fall to you and maybe even let someone trade up. You know, if you don't have anyone on your board, you know, trade back maybe in the early second round and get some more capital and capitalize on where the true value is in this class. And that's kind of in the 30 to, you know, 100 points point range. Yeah. So for me, like the idea of trading up in this draft is a little bit more, I I'm a lot more hesitant to do that with uh, the lack of capital that we have. <laughs> yeah, with the non-existent capital that we have. And and this is in the bean regime. Like this is, it's been a while since we've had the pressing needs that we have uh, going into a draft. So for me, I'm looking at pick 27. I'm looking at the idea of there are going to be some players ideally that would fall, not necessarily to us, but would fall into that position to tempt some other teams to move back up into the first round and give us a little bit more capital so we can fill those needs. So who are some guys that you maybe target to see that are going to be good trade targets for other teams to trade back into that bottom of the first round. Yeah, again, man, it's a tough conversation because like a lot of players that you would consider there would be players that the Bills would all consider, also consider for their pick, mm -hmm. right? So you got to be careful that they don't overlap there, right? Because if a guy like Dewan Jones is there, for instance, I could see a team like, you know, the Chiefs making a small move up, right? But at the same time, the Bills might want to upgrade from Spencer Brown, you know, so maybe that could be an option. But, you know, I think... If you don't want that overlap, I look at maybe Hendon Hooker. You know, there's been a lot of talk that he could be a first-round guy. I'm not on board with the first-round talk. He's a early-day three grade on my board. I'd be comfortable taking him late day two. You know, I, I think especially in this class, I think, um, you know, he's got good tools. You know, he's got – he's a good leader by all accounts. But I, I think the translation from that Tennessee offense is going to be a little complicated. You know, a lot of one-read plays, um, not traditional dropbacks. You know, the spacing that he worked with not translatable to the NFL level. So I, I'm a little lower on his potential, but there's been a, too much smoke to ignore that he could go round one. And especially if he did fall to 27, that could be a scenario where, you know, maybe a team picking early in round two that has a looming need to QB, maybe they make a slight move up and the Bills are like, hey, we're willing to move down and get some capital. So, you know, Hooker, you know, I, ideally in, in most classes, there is a guy who kind of lingers in that range in the late first round who could entice teams. That's the tough part with this class is that after that top four of Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis, there's a big gap there. So it's like, who's going to be the guy to entice teams and kind of fuel that interest? And Hooker could be, you know, maybe he goes earlier than 27 even. I, again, I, I can't fathom that because in my opinion, I don't think he's quite that level of prospect. But hey, every team thinks about it differently. Every team is different grade on their board, right? So we'll see what happens. But Quarterback is the top one. Corner is another one that could be uh, a position that entices teams. Look at maybe, you know, it's it's tough to see how it's going to fall for them. But um, I know the Bills, they got Trey White. They had Kair Elam last year who had some nice plays down the stretch. If they give him the confidence and the reps to keep growing, we'll see if they do. But um, I think, you know, if Joey Porter Jr. is there, if Kalei Ringo is there, the side speed combination that he has, maybe convince teams to trade up. 
the complicating factor with that is that this corner class is very deep. So teams might just be like, hey, let's just get a guy in day two or early day three and we'll be good, right? But uh, I think corner is one, definitely a lot of size, speed, talents. And we, we've seen teams kind of been enamored by those. Oak, the Steelers at number 32, right outside round one, they've been very fond of Kalei Ringo throughout the process. So say he is there at 27, you know, that could be one where the Bills move up, move down five spots. The Steelers have the capital to move up. And the Bills get some picks in return. You know, I look at that as a potential option, too. So, you know, it's tough to separate what the Bills need from what they can afford to pass up and trade down for. But again, there are options in this class. Hendon Hooker is maybe like the most polarizing figure in the draft conversations that I have in group chats and around the water cooler uh, in terms of where he is. Because I feel like Hendon Hooker is that prime candidate to be like we've seen in recent history of leading up to the draft and the days leading up to the draft, there's like all this hype. There's hype surrounding quarterback. And then they say, it's like, oh, this person could go round one. And then they're like round five and it drops. And I feel like that's Hen and Hooker is just primed to be that. Following up on that, I think you're just scoring last year from your Jojo Doman fall from grace. Well, no, no. <laughs> Tony, Tony was a huge is it is was still forever. The biggest Jojo Doman fan ever. And uh, could not believe the Bills didn't take him as he continued to fall throughout the draft. Did he end up being taken at all, Tony? I don't even no, remember. He was undrafted. No, he was an undrafted. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sorry, to sorry fair, to put I'm, salt I'm, in the wounds there. To be fair, I'm as big a JoJo Doman fan you'll find, too. I got to I got to interview him one-on-one, talk with him a little bit, and he's a great guy. Uh, I think he stuck with the Colts as a UDFA, actually, and actually managed to um, st- stay with the roster spot. So, hey, I I, I get it. I'm a fan of his, oh, we too. Know. It. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we're scorned. Ian, <laughs> Ian, you knew, I knew. I don't. I don't know why they didn't see what we were seeing. Exactly, man. It's just it's crazy, man. It's clear as day. Everyone, everyone knew. <laughs> yeah. No, I was gonna say, uh, Ian. One name that keeps coming up in in at least circles around Bill's media and Bill's Twitter verse is Bijan Robinson. Maybe one of the most talented players in the draft. If he gets there at twenty seven, could he possibly be the Bills' pick? I mean, we haven't seen a lot of first round running backs being taken. Najee Harris. Two years ago, uh, Travis Etienne, like th- those are a few of the names and, and running backs, obviously not a premium position in this modern day NFL. So if Bijan Robinson does happen to fall to 27, is that a player that is talented enough that the Bills just can't pass up despite drafting James Cook last year, despite signing Damian Harris this year? He seems like one of the most talented players in this draft. There's a lot of factors to consider for the Bills. First, he's my second overall prospect, right? All right, so I can't say too many bad things about him. I, You know, the, you hear about how good he is, and it's not hyperbole. I mean, this dude is legit. I mean, 5'11", 215. He's got workhorse size. He's got contact balance and physicality. But then the way that he can create at the size is just absurd. I mean, the short area agility, flexibility, creative instincts, vision. I mean, the processing ability. I mean, he's the full package. He really is. And he, you know... I haven't been grading for super long, but I would be willing to wager that, you know, the time I have been grading, he's the highest grade uh, running back on my board. But I, I think, um, yeah, he's talented. I don't know if he makes it to 27. I think um, the Buccaneers met with him, the Eagles met with him. So I think there's a, a lot of teams, a lot of wildcard teams in that 10 to 26 range who could end up taking him. It's going to be tough to see. But I, you mentioned it, too. I mean, the Bills signed Damien Harris. They drafted James Cook. You know, that's capital where, you know, you're investing in him. You're hoping to get him and they traded it for Naheem Hines. 
too. So, you know, they have a solid running back stable. I think in doing in doing though, in adding all those guys that kind of hedge their bets a little bit, like we don't have to draft Bijan if he is there. You're not forcing the corner, which I think with all the needs that you have, you know, looming on the offensive and defensive line, the trenches, you win in football in the trenches and the Buffalo Bills are hurting a little bit there. So I think, you know, upgrading that would be key. But um you could take him. You could. I, I. He's such a good player. I can't say. I can't say no outright to it. That's the problem, right? I mean, he's he's really a blue chip running back prospect. If anyone can be a game changer at running back, it's him. But at the same time, the Bills do have a lot of needs, and they do have a a steady running back rotation. Now, Harris was on a one year deal. You know, he's going to be a free agent again next year. So, you know, that's not really a long term solution. But I think you know, running back is a position that is relatively dependent on the blocking in front of you. So you have to take that into account too. If I had to choose, if I had to get off the fence, which as a draft analyst, I hate doing that. I love sitting on the fence and being indecisive and stuff like that. That's that's always fun. But, you know, I I would say pass on Bijan or maybe let someone trade up for him, right? If he's the missing piece for you. But I also wouldn't argue if you did take him because he is that good. He is that good. Now, some of the players, you mentioned some of the holes that Bills need to fill and mentioned in the trenches. Our defensive tackle group, Running back the same defensive tackle group inside defensive line, however you want to describe it, as last year. And the Bills have had years of run defense issues now. Uh, so it's interesting to me that Brandon Bean wants to run it back. But defensive tackle is definitely a position I could see the Bills targeting, if not the first round, definitely early in the draft. Now, let's talk about this group in general. And when I look at it, and you're you're the the expert, the analyst, I don't see a lot of top guys. Aside from maybe one or two, I see a ton of depth, though. I see a lot of round two, round three guys who I really like. Siaki Ika, Jacqueline Roy, uh, Keanu Benton. Like th- These guys, I think, can be some great value in the, the second or third round. So, A, do you see a defense tackle that's worth taking at 27 in this group? And B, do you see the same depth that I'm seeing? Uh, and, and who are some of the guys that stand out to you? Yeah, I, I do see the depth that you're seeing. And I think... um you know, some of the guys he brought up, I mean, Jack one Roy, he's a little bit farther down for me. He's a day three guy for me, but I, I love the value for him. I think uh, he's a guy who can be a really good run defender right away on day one, but he's also got some alignment versatility between one tech and three techs and pass rushing upside. Keanu Benton, another guy who can play one tech or move outside to three tech. He's a guy who's, I think, six four around 310, near 34 inch arms, right? So this guy has... Uh, very good length, very good power. I mean, he, he's got clubs for hands and he's super violent. You know, he's got a wicked arm over move, right? But uh, he's a guy who can stack and shed like anyone in this class and run defense. But again, also win one-on-one too and, you know, hold his own, hold ground inside too. So for the Bills in particular, you know, you're looking for guys who can play that 4-3 DT or also move inside on hybrid and odd front alignments too, you know, kind of provide that versatility. So those are some guys that stand out. Mozzie Smith from Michigan is another one that I, I do like in that mold. He can play the true nose uh, at around 6'3", three, three, over 330 pounds. But at the same time, he is athletic enough where you can shade him outside a little bit and he's explosive off the line. He can generate power from his upper body and use torque to drive through guys. So, you know, he stands out as well. Ika is more of a traditional nose, you know, not as much pass rushing utility in the immediate timeline as Mozzie Smith. But you go back to the Big 12 championship game in 2022 or uh, 2021. Yeah, 2021. Uh, Ika really had some nice flashes, you know, attacking downhill and kind of exploding off the line for his size. So, you know, a lot of upside, you know, and I think that middle group is very strong. You know, I think if you're the Bills, those that's what you're looking for is those guys who are over 300 pounds kind of have that extra mass uh, to work. But at the same time, too. If you want a disruptor, right? I mean, 
Zach Pickens from South Carolina is another guy who's around 6'4", 300, over 34 charms. Very, very good athlete, uh, former five-star recruit again, and he's got that proportional length to drive through with power. He's got good hand usage. Uh, Moro Ajomo from Texas is another one that I like, 6'3", 292, over 34 charms again. So proportional length, natural leverage, and drive through guys. You know, it's just that it's tried and true, but it works, you know, having that explosiveness and that power profile. Um, and he's a great run defender too. So there is a lot of depth in that day two range as as in regards to who might be worth it at number 27. I'm not sure if any of them are worth it on my board, but I could see an argument for, you know, Mozzie Smith, right? Because he is, he does have so much upside and projected versatility with his size and athleticism. You know, you can put him in there at zero tech and and kind of shade other guys outside of him at three tech, or you can move him to one tech or two I and, you know, move the, move the line around kind of slant guys, you know, having that ultimate alignment versatility can be key, you know, for the Buffalo Bills who are trying to unlock something on the defensive line. And, you know, a player like Mozzie could help do that at his max potential. So I look at him, you know, I think they hosted him on a, on a visit. I could be wrong, but uh, I think they did. So that could be something that they're eyeing. You know, if he's there, you know, take him and, and try and build up because he can be that foundational piece for you. Tony, what's another uh, positional group you're looking at or interested in? Oh, well, for me, I mean, Matt's over here trying to being smart and pragmatic and trying to win championships. I'm just trying Sorry. to think about how <laughs> I'm just trying to think about how offense sells tickets because I would rather I would rather get the sexiness of some sweet new weapons in uh, Josh Allen's arsenal here. So for me, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, most at least agree that uh, that JSN is kind of like the probably not going to fall to us in terms of uh, a wide receiver. But after that, I think it's kind of murky. Um, and there's a lot of disagreement about uh, where different receivers fall. And I mean, you talked about Bijan Robinson, but I'd like to hear just overall offensive weapons for the bills who makes sense to you at 27. Do you go slot receiver? Do you go outside receiver? Do you go in another direction? And who do you really like? It end. I think, um, yeah, it's it's a fun question, right? Hey, offense wins championships. I mean, defense does too, but you need both, right? You know, having the flashy weapons isn't just for show. It's it's important, right? And especially with Josh Allen, you want to maximize that arm that he's got. So I think, you know, it makes a lot of sense to invest in that. Now, this class, as you mentioned, you know, a little tricky past JSN. I don't think he makes it there either. I think ultimately, you know, he's not my wide receiver one. He's very close. It's between him and Quentin Johnson for me. But I, Johnson's upside for me, the three-level threat framework, he's very, very, yes. uh, very, very strong there. I think he needs to improve his hand technique at the catch point for sure. But some, I do think he's very underrated as a route runner for his size. I think the hip sync, the stopping ability on those comebacks, he's extremely explosive and he can press upfield into stems vertically and stress defensive backs but then you'll see him decelerate and sink his hips with three steps and then he's already cutting back upfield so he's you know the flexibility for his size is uncanny and i'm willing to invest in that but i think those two are at the top of my board but there's a lot of options man i think it all depends on you know what you're looking for to compliment stefan Diggs, and you know i don't think gabe davis precludes you from taking a certain type of mold right you could take a slot receiver or you could take a guy who can win on the boundary the x guy you know let stefan Diggs move around a little bit right i think you know you can do either one it's just a matter of taking pressure off of Diggs, and i think that's a fun it's a fun uh position to be in for the bills because 
it is a little tricky, but you do have options. You have some flexibility. Um, in one of my mock drafts, I actually gave them a tight end. Now, I, he's not strictly a tight end. He's a weapon, right? Dalton Kincaid is who I gave them. But, um, you know, he's a guy who's athletic enough to move out into the slot, right? You can get him in space on those short, on like slants and stuff and get him run after catch opportunities, right? But he's also the most reliable hands catcher in the entire class when it comes to extending beyond his frame and converting with his hands. So, you know, outside the box, but at wide receiver, you know, I think that's what they focus more on, right? And there's a lot of options at wide receiver too. Uh, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee is a guy that I really like, six foot three, two fifteen. If you're looking for that alpha, you know he's that guy. You know he's very good at winning on the boundary with uh, his contested catch ability. He's very physical both at the stems and after the catch. But he's also quietly a very nuanced route runner too. You're looking at a guy who's a streamlined athlete with foot speed, hip sync again, throttle control. You know he can manipulate blind spots and capitalize. You know he stylistically he reminds me of michael Pittman jr uh for the colts who i think broke a thousand yards since 2021 so you know a very solid player i like him a lot josh downs if you're looking for a slot guy this guy is a slot menace very good separator very explosive athlete with flexibility hip sync again uh but the spatial awareness for him is what really sets him apart you know on top of that having the fluid hips to sustain acceleration through transitions uh and for his size too very consistent con converting beyond his frame um zay flowers from boston college another one that i like if he's there you got to consider him because he's a very energized athlete at his size around 5'9 180 something um but he's just incredibly hyperactive as an athlete i mean this guy is very very explosive and it's so easy for him to gear up and throttle up and stress defense stress defenders and in open space he's a run after catch threat but you know he's also a guy who has really good body control in the air so uh, those are some guys. It goes beyond that, man. I swear, if you're looking in the day two range, Rasheed Rice from SMU, Jonathan Mingo, if he's there, I'm not sure if he'll be there for the Bills second rounder, but, um, you know, that's a tough range for him. But Jaden Reed from Michigan State, you know, if you're looking for a guy who can play the slot or the boundary, uh, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, another guy who's got very good size and length and body control, but he's also very twitchy and, and flexible as an athlete. Um, it goes on and on. Xavier Hutchinson, round three from Iowa State, is a, is a guy that I like a lot. Maybe Parker Washington is a big slot option. But um, yeah, you you have options. I think this class is not very strong in the blue chip range at wide receiver. There's no Garrett Wilson or Drake London, right? But there is a lot of talent in the day two range that I think you can capitalize on. You just became Tony's new best friend because last <laughs> week on our show, we had a uh, lengthy argument about Quentin Johnson where Tony really likes him. I don't necessarily like he was like my one stay away guy at 27 because i don't think he plays as big as his frame is and how yeah. physical he can he needs be. to like, be more consistent there that's the thing like i and as a media analyst like i'll concede like i i there's not as much on the line for me right you know these nfl teams they're trying to get sustained consistent production and you know if you're scared that you're not going to get it from johnson that's, that's fair you know there's concerns there i think it's not so much a matter of he doesn't play big he just needs to do it more routinely. You know, we've seen that he can win at the catch point, kind of win. Uh, what's the analogy? You know, kind of get the cookie from the cookie jar, you know, reach up top, you know, right. convert with your hands and stuff like that. You know, we've seen that he can do that. You know, you go back to 2021 against Oklahoma. He had a couple catches where, you know, he really was authoritative. You know, he attacked the football, vice grip hands, really got his hands on it and kind of wrenched it away. You know, he's just got to use diamond technique more consistently. And I think, He's got 34-inch arms, near 34-inch arms, so he's very long, and I think he struggles to control that length sometimes. So get him some extra work with the jugs machine. Hopefully that'll help, right? But, you know, it's not just 
it's I'm willing to work with that because he is so special as an athlete for his size. You know, it's it's a risk, right? But you know, it's all about risk aversion, right? And people are gonna have different philosophies on that. That's what's so fascinating about the draft. But you know, I think either him or JSN, you know, at the top, both very talented guys. But Johnston to me uh, is just the upside that he has at all three levels is tough to uh, it's tough to fully turn away from. And you know, people get burned by that. Maybe I'll get burned by it, but you know, you got to take those swings when they're there. I think. There you go, Tony. <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell you. Validation. <laughs> yeah. I didn't need that. That's validation. what I'm here for, man. I knew what was going on. <laughs> uh, another group that um, a lot of Bills have focused on, as I mentioned, or Bills media has focused on and Bills fans have focused on, as I mentioned at the top of this segment here, uh, linebacker. With the laws of Tremaine Edmonds, there's a huge hole. Uh, the Bills typically play that nickel as their base package. So two linebackers set. We have Matt Milano, great player, all pro. A lot of talk with Jack Campbell because he is a Luke Keekley protege or he's training with Luke Keekley. So they think he's in the bag with the Bills and that's the Bills pick. A lot of people are saying that. Uh, but there's a couple linebackers who I, I like who might not be first round talents. I like Drew Sanders. He's a little different than your true middle linebacker. He can play off the edge in certain situations. And the guy Tony and I really like is Trent Simpson but from Clemson. But past those three i don't see like a lot of like even second round talent at the linebacker position it seems like kind of a weaker class for linebackers in my opinion is there a guy worthy of the first round pick and and is is this ta- is this linebacker class a little more talented than i'm giving it credit for yeah i think um it, it depends again on their valuation but i could see jack campbell or drew sanders being the pick there you know drew sanders is my personal lb1 they're very close for me neither one is the first round graded player for me but i, I could see yeah. why they would be valued there campbell if you if you want a guy who's going to be a three down linebacker right off the bat just a very traditional but very solid player right campbell is that guy he tested very well you know i don't think he he plays quite as fluid as his agility numbers indicate all the time but he is as explosive as that number indicate, you know, at 6'5", 250. I mean, he's got crazy size for a linebacker, but he's very explosive, very fleet-footed athlete for his size, and you'd love to see that. He's got good range closing uh, at the second level, uh, very instinctive. He knows where to be both in run defense and pass coverage. Very good, very good gap discipline, uh, but then in coverage, too. He's got great feel for space. He can undercut routes and stuff like that. So, And then coming to the line, too, he's got, with his frame, he's got the strength to stack and shed. Uh, and, and kind of divert course. So I, I'm a big fan of what he has to offer there. I think if you want the safer pick, he's definitely an option. And I, from everything I've heard, you know, just rave reviews about his character too. So I think that's a safe one with a definite degree of upside with his size and length too and, and athleticism. So, but Drew Sanders to me is the more versatile player. I think uh, Drew Sanders, especially he played at Alabama and he was primarily an OLB, you know, rushing off the edge at Alabama. He, he played off ball for his first time at Arkansas. And, you know, I think, Finishing is something he can he can improve at. You know, the play strength as a tackler in particular. There were a lot of times where he 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 processed well. He read the play the right way. He flowed to the ball, just couldn't quite wrap it up, just couldn't quite convert. I think if you get him in the weight room, kind of add mass to his frame, he's got very good athleticism. This is a guy who is again rangy, explosive. I think he's more fluid than Campbell. And I think he's more bendy too, you know, attacking downhill in the box. And we've seen him rush off the edge as an extra rusher. You know, he's a legitimate pass rushing threat. This is a guy who has a background as an OLB. So he can win around the apex. He's got bend. He's got ankle flexion. He can use active hands around the apex and combat extensions. Uh, he's legit in that phase. But then the closing speed and pursuit uh, is very legit as well too. And I think, you know, in coverage too, you'll see him manage space. He's, again, the range with his length and explosiveness and speed 
Um, I think he's got a lot of the tools that you want. Just needs to kind of up his play strength. And there are some there are some lapses that come with inexperience at off-ball linebacker. I think in time he can correct those. But, you know, especially if you're trying to fill the void left by Tremaine Edmonds, you you want a rangy guy, a long rangy guy who can cover space and kind of fulfill a multitude of roles. Sanders can be that guy. So particularly for the Bills, if you're considering a linebacker at number 27, I can see Sanders filling that role. Now, it would be a little rich for either one of them, for me. But, you know, I think if you have a vision for him and if you're willing to kind of work with the frame and try and build him up, it can it can pay dividends down the line. Uh, farther down the board, I'm not sure. I think you're right. You know, this is a weaker linebacker class. Um, but there are some potential gems. I look at Dorian Williams from Tulane as one guy that I really like. I think he's around six foot in the 220, 230 range. He's got over 33-inch arms. I think almost 34-inch arms, right? So he is explosive again he's got phenomenal proportional length and what that helps him do is it helps keep himself clean when he's in the scrum in the box right engaging blocks he can extend he can you know keep himself clean he can keep linemen from directing him consistently and he can stack and shed right so i think he's a great tackler with that frame too he's shown he can make plays and coverage again the athleticism is what you're really banking on with him there but he's a high motor defender he's got 449 speed to go along with that proportional length so uh, the tools are all there with him. I, I look at Owen Papo from Auburn as another tools rich guy. If you're looking for, uh, you know, an investment in early day three range, he's another guy who's got legit four four speed. I mean, he closes very quickly, and he's got that same density, that compact frame, proportional length. He needs to improve at you know engaging plays with physicality. Sometimes he can be a little passive in closing. Uh, or sometimes, you know, on the flip side, he can be a little too reckless, too. So I think finding a better balance of patience and aggressiveness is going to help him a lot. But um, I like the tools to work with there, too. And then farther down the board, I look at uh, Utah's Moamud Diabate. Uh, he was a guy who was at the Shrine Bowl. I think he's around six foot three, two twenty five. Uh, so, again, kind of fits that long ranging mold. He had an 11 foot broad jump. So he's explosive and it shows up. Uh, the interesting thing with him at the Shrine Bowl he was getting some pass rushing reps. They were letting him rush the the uh, tackle one on one. He was actually getting some nice reps in. He's got a good bend again and around the apex. But um, you know, in space too, I think he's shown that he can play in coverage. Uh, he's he's done. He's got upside in multiple phases. I think if you're looking for a discount, Drew Sanders, a guy who can kind of provide that versatility, that upside, that athletic upside, and that physical profile later on, early day three. Diabate is a guy to circle from Utah because he's got the tools for it. But um, there's other guys down farther down the board uh, that I'm forgetting here. But um, I, I'd say that, you know, those are the few that come to mind. I think if you're the Bills, you know, if you really think it's a tough need, if if you really want to get a, a game changer next to Milano, then invest in it early. But there are some potential gems to unearth. Your potential Matt Milano repeat fifth rounder. Hey, could diamond happen, in man. the rough there linebacker seems uh, to like a, a position that's easier to not easier because it's always hard to find gems but i mean hey a lot of the gems that we see are fourth fifth rounders man i mean that's that's the range it feels like i was gonna i was gonna drop another position especially like you mentioned the idea of the bills taking a swing in the first rounder with their early picks at tight end but talk to me about because to me i think that the what we often see is that good tight ends are drafted later. Um, and I'm basically asking this, asking you about what um, late round tight ends you you particularly like. And, and I'm full disclosure, I'm asking this because my biggest draft crush this year is a day three tight end. My Jojo Doman of this year is a day three tight end. So I'm just <laughs> setting you up to hopefully say that, but totally say who I like. But who do you really like in terms of tight ends in uh, the later rounds? I'm going to, I'm going to, 
I'm just going to go through names and try and gauge the reaction to see if I get it at some point. All right, I'll go to... poker face. All right, all right. Um, give, give three names and let's see if it hits Tony. Three, three <laughs> names. Okay. You got to tell me who it is if I don't get it, though. Um, okay. <laughs> three names. I mean, I'm not sure if this guy will go day three. He could go day two, but Michigan's Luke Schoonmaker is one that I really like. Uh, he's a very smooth athlete. He tested very well. He's got great size. I think the, the thing that excites me about him is that we haven't seen the full extent of his ability as a route runner and a separator and receiving threat. Uh, in that Michigan offense, he was primarily used as a blocker, but he was a very, very good blocker. I mean, this guy is assignment sound. He's intelligent. He's physical. He finishes. Um, but at the same time, he's athletic enough to get out in space and, and kind of you know wall off defenders. And then you see him run routes, quick outs. He's got flexibility. He's got good explosiveness. He can convert on those plays, too. So I think the athletic ups, upside and the immediate utility as a blocker, for me, uh, that's appealing for him. Um, I'll, I'm trying to throw out different molds here. Ben Sims from Baylor doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of buzz, but I like him a lot. He's another guy who's got really good size and speed. I think he ran in the four or five. So, you know, up the seam, he's a linear threat who's very good at, you know, exploding the space and using his long strides to find separation. And, you know, at the catch point, too, I think he had. 31 catches for like six touchdowns in 2021. So a red zone threat who can convert above his frame and he's got good play strength. And again, he's another very solid blocker for you too. And then one more I'll throw out there, Penn State, Bretton Strange. This is a guy who's, you know, a dense, compact run after catch threat. This is a guy who, you know, you're probably letting him get over the middle of the field, get him the ball in space. And he's he's going to be able to get uh, extra yards after catch, turn out some uh, tough uh, contact yards. But um, he can extend beyond his frame, too. He's another one who's a smooth receiving threat and a solid blocker. Uh, again, I think, uh, you know, some versatility aspect with him along with Dalton. Um, who's the other guy? Dawson Knox. I was going to say Dalton Schultz. Uh, it's late over here, man. <laughs> I swear, but I'm getting tongue-tied. We would take both. Those are those are a few that come to mind for me, man. I, I, there's others as well. I want to say Payne Durham from Purdue. I, he's he doesn't have a speed element. I think I would I would probably wait for him in round six or round seven. But if he's still there, you know, he'd be a solid te two te three. Um, Cameron Latu. Were Alabama. any of those hitting? No. Was that your crush? Oh, no, man. <laughs> no. I got no, to keep going. Crush, Tony. No, but you Who's sold me. You sold me. You sold me on those guys because that's might have a new kind of what I'm looking for. If we don't get it, because I, I think that what we learned this year is that is that uh, Ken Dorsey likes the two tight end set more than we're used to, and we were just rolling out there with with an undrafted free agent who didn't really get the production to match how many reps he got. My big draft crush is Josh Wiley from Cincinnati. Oh, there we go. I was getting so, to him. I was getting to so him. So yeah. talk me All into right. a out right. of him. Yeah, yeah. I, the receiving upside with him is what I've always been sold on. I mean, this is a guy who's a very, um, very nimble athlete at his size, you know, a little bit lighter, a little bit leaner, at least has the want to as a blocker. You know, I, I don't love him as the blocker. I think the, the play <laughs> strength can definitely improve, I think. But, um, you know, I think the receiving upside is really what sold me. I back even back in 2021, I was like, this guy's got some crazy. Uh, he's got really smooth athleticism for his size. Again, he's shown that he can accelerate up the field like a, like a gazelle. You know, when he's got open space, he's a very good seam threat. Uh, and then some of the body control flashes. I mean, he's a, such a, a natural contortionist, extending on his frame, just stuff like that. So especially for Josh Allen, if you want a guy who can convert on those big opportunities receiving wise, you know, he can definitely do that. And, you know, at least have the athleticism to get in space as a moving blocker, too. So, yeah, Josh Wiley, I like that one, too. I think uh, I think he's a good one. I'm trying to there's so this tight end class is a deep one, man. It's going to be fun to see what happens. But I think if you're the Bills, especially if you trade down from round one and get extra capital. That's the dream because you do have a lot of needs, right? I, I would rather I would prioritize other positions, but if you can get some extra capital, That's the dream, yep, you might be able to swipe one of those guys. So that that would be good. That would be nice. That's what I'm um, hoping for. I'm hoping for a trade down. 
Josh Wiley. That's a new one, Tony. Well, we haven't had the chance to talk about it yet, man. But because I know, you, I know you like, <laughs> I know you like Shoemaker too. Because and the Bills had him in for a visit, so I think they like him as well. So I thought he's you were okay. going to say Shoemaker. I thought you were going to say Shoemaker. Maybe Zach Koontz from Old Dominion. I Zach think he's another, another good one. Yeah, I'll be honest. I thought one, I had you know. a Schoonmaker right off the bat, man. I was like, oh wait, mm. he didn't. He didn't react. I got to keep going now. <laughs> got to keep going. Everyone like everyone likes Schoonmaker. That's Schoonmaker true. Schoonmaker is he's, the. He's the mainstream choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. He's the mainstream choice. So exactly. he's not. He's not Jake Butt two point oh. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think so. No, he's legit. He's legit. Now Jake okay. Butt had some in- injury concerns to go with a him, lot of injury issues. Yeah, yeah. Schoonmaker is one of those guys. I think. I think the best we've yet to see the best from Schoonmaker. I think he's going to be a better pro, which is exciting to think about. Now, Ian, uh, a couple episodes ago, we did our rankings of the best names of the NFL draft this year, and the title went to one linebacker bumper pool oh yeah is bumper pool name gonna propel him into the draft this year just on name alone it could i mean here's the thing if if any position was gonna be named bumper pool linebacker would be the position too i mean that's i mean bumping <laughs> bumping into guys like around pool ball like in the middle of the field right i mean that's it's very fitting it's very fitting Will it vault him into the draft? I, I I can't tell you. I can't tell you. He's one guy I didn't quite get to in depth. I mean, I've seen in flashes, you know, watching Drew Sanders, you know, physical guy, doesn't quite have the athleticism, right? So, but some, I think, hey, if you're physical, if you can tackle, and if you've got a football name, <laughs> that'll give you a chance sometimes. So I, I could see him getting a PFA opportunity, right? But again, I didn't get to him in depth, but he, he's got a name for it. I'll say that. I'm just saying the marketing potential is through the roof. It might <laughs> it really, is. it might be it really enough is. to get him get him in there i don't even i didn't even see him honestly when i was doing the mock draft simulator on on pro football network which is one of the the best ones out there i use it all the time so i don't even know if he was on the listings for a linebacker like yeah this could be like farther down yeah we try to we have a lot of we have a lot of volume in there a lot of guys in the 600 to 900 range are kind of just there they usually won't get picked but hey you never know so why not have him in there right so he's probably in that in that uh in that uh range i would say yeah he was in like the late 200s which i didn't scroll down to <laughs> far yeah. enough so yeah are you familiar with bumper pool have you played bumper pool i have not no <laughs> oh okay oh see there's another one yeah we were talking we, about we, how we cannot find anyone who has not is. played who has played bumper pool outside of a local boys and girls club what is yeah. bumper pool i don't even know i'm curious now <laughs> When you do the honors, what is bumper pool? Uh, okay, so uh, it's other than it's future on, Bills linebacker, it's on a version <laughs> of a pool table that's much smaller than a pool table. Yeah, um, it's maybe the size of like a good sized coffee table, and there are there's one hole on each on each end, center on each end, but there are bumpers like bumper uh, I don't know circles, I guess. Per, there are bumper protrusions, yeah. um, like like a in, like you see in a pinball machine almost, like those yeah, kind, kind of, of bumpers. Yeah, throughout it, like a diamond or something in the center, and then some, like some on the some in the corners. Um, so the ball reacts, you know, off the bumper. So you have to be like really precise to get it in the hole or something like that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Precise right. in angles, and uh, you have like five balls on each side, and you have to get it in the opposite end. I got you. it. It was fun back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I got to put that on my list. You know, before I, yeah, I got to play bumper pool at some point. I got to put that on my list for sure. With bumper pool, With bumper pool, With bumper yes. pool. Yeah. Dude, that's a that's a bucket list item right there. If I do that, that I can go bucket easy. List I, can go, I can go yeah. easy, man. Uh, Ian, my final question to you: All your analysis, all the mocks you've done, all the research you've done, give me 
who the Bills are going to pick at 27 if they stay at that pick, which in this scenario, we're going to pretend they do. Who will be the pick? I know in your PFN mock draft, you, you did a couple days on you uh, days ago on YouTube. You took Jordan Addison. Are you still sticking with Jordan Addison to be the pick for the Buffalo Bills? I think, um, you know, hey, if I do a mock draft, I'll do mock draft every day and I'll mix it up every day, man. I, I, I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. Right. And I think. One of the great things about mock drafts, you know, people like to treat them like they're fully predictive, right? No, it's not, you know, it's not my lone prediction, you know, it's just kind of addressing different probabilities, right? You know, and kind of exploring different ways that the board could fall. None of us know what's going to happen. So I think, right. you know, ultimately, you know, mixing it up is the way to go. If I had to pick what they would choose, I do think we're going to see a few outside the box picks in round one. I do think in that 20 to 30 range is where we could see some, you know, because that's kind of where the first round talent starts to fall off the board. Some teams might reach a little bit for guys that they really like or guys that they think are fits or guys that they think are what they need at a certain position. And we talked about him earlier on, but Mozzie Smith, I think, could be the missing piece for the Buffalo Bills or one of the missing pieces anyway. You know, a guy who can, you know, enable the line to employ more alignment versatility, but also has the tools to disrupt on his own while being a 6'3", 330-pound lineman, you know, kind of a bowling ball in the middle. So, right. And they they met with him individually, which we know sometimes that matters. Sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, looking at what they need on the defensive line, they don't just need disruptors. It, it would be good to have a guy who can encumber double teams to free up other guys for one-on-one -on -one opportunities. I think that would be a force multiplier for the Bills. And I think they're hopefully starting to understand that they definitely need that on the defensive line. So Mozzie Smith, if I had to make a prediction, I'm going defensive, I'm going Mozzie Smith, then address offense on day two, you know, hopefully get one of the offensive tackles. It's got a pretty good, it's a class that's pretty deep in that range and then get a wide receiver as well. And then, hey, back to, you know, back to the playoffs, hopefully a Super Bowl, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I think, Addressing that defensive us. line. Hey, hey, you know, you've got the quarterback for it. I'm just saying you got to go all in, right? But there's always you know, a chance. There's always a chance. There's always just, my 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 uncle is a big Bills fan. So I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping for sure. But uh right. the defensive line is not something you want to keep neglecting. And I think Mozzie Smith could be a, a good first move for you there. I love that pick. All four defensive tackles are not under contract after this year that the Bills currently roster. Uh and Mozzie Smith was or is one of the top guys on Feldman's freak list and sign me up for that all day. I am still scorned all these years after when the bills selected Aaron Maben over Brian Arakpo, Brian Arakpo being the freak he was in college and as a professional in the NFL. And we got Aaron Maben who we all know the story in, in bills fandom here. So give me the athletic freak, Tony, if Mozzie Smith is a pick, would, would that uh, be good for you? Uh... Would you be happy with it? I think happy is a strong word. I'd be like, all right, fine. Yeah. I'd be <laughs> like, be you know, funny. I get it, but all right, I'm not going. It's out not. It's not super yet. flashy, right? You know, yeah. and, and any what I like to say, you know, people get really high and really low on on round one. You know, you try to stay neutral because you try to stay outcome independent. Like we don't know what's going to happen, right? So just kind of sit back. It's it's up to the team and the prospect ultimately to make that pick right when it does happen. So. That's what makes it so exciting. Even after the draft, people will give their grades, but we really don't know. You know, there's still so much more to play out. So that's why that's exactly how I think. I think the draft should yeah. the draft should be graded like two years after. Yeah. In sure. terms of like how these players that's when you pan can out. Start. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, Ian, 
thank you so much for being on the show. Awesome, awesome insight into a lot of potential players the Bills could pick, a lot of different ways Brandon Bean could go in this draft. I think we're all of the in agreement that the Bills should trade down because only six picks is not enough to fill the roster on this team in the holes. But Ian, awesome, awesome insight and uh, in, in knowledge there. Uh, tell our listeners where they can find you, all the work you do uh, on social media and on uh, PFN. Yes, yeah, so you can find me at IC underscore draft on Twitter. Uh, feel free to hit me up with any draft questions that you have. Pro Football Network is at PFN365. Right now, we're just, um, we've got all our scouting reports updated. We've got top tens updated. We're just hanging along for the ride for one more week, and the draft will be here, and we'll be providing coverage, live grades on that. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a fun event. And then it's on to 2024. We've already got an initial board for that. Uh, so that'll be fun. But uh, until then, 2023, rounding up. Let's see what happens. I'm excited for it. I, I do have to say before we let you go, I do have some beef with your 2024 mock. You don't have the Bills picking 20, 32nd. <laughs> That's true. Hey, hey, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I, I tried to be diplomatic there. I went with the betting odds. Okay, so don't don't shoot the messenger that I went with the betting odds for deciding the order. If if I had my pick, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Bills podcast, but I would put them 32. Yeah, for sure. All right. Sure. No, no. Okay. That is, Shout out uh, to your uncle. <laughs> I got to man. I got to. I got to stay on his good side. But yeah, for sure, for sure. They're uh, they're All in right. contention. When you update it, make sure the bills are at 32. I will. I will. Uh, You got to hold me to that, but I'll do it for sure. All right. We'll do. We will hold you to that. Ian, thank you so much, my man. Listeners, make sure you go follow Ian and all the great content him and everyone at Pro Football Network is putting out. Uh, And like you said, it never stops. Even though the draft is next week, preparations for 2024 begin uh, sooner than everyone thinks. So, Ian, thank you, my man, for coming on. You're always welcome back. We'll have to have you back on in a future episode. Uh, See how the uh the draft class of this year and in potential next year's draft class with pick 32 is going to pan out <laughs> yes sir yes sir i'm i'll be there i'll be there anytime awesome awesome have a good night my man thank you again you too thanks a lot ian yeah, See later. that sound you hear that's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day and you know what's keeping my drink cold listeners a quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back and to the show. And we are back. Once again, thank you to Ian Cummings for coming on the show, talking NFL draft, a lot of potential draftees for the Bills. Like a lot of what Ian had to say, Tony, and I think you like it too because he's a Quentin Johnson guy. And I was going to say, and because we agreed on many things. <laughs> Listeners, make sure you go follow Ian and check out everything going on at Pro Football Network. Great stuff, great content, great mock simulator for the next week and next year as well. So uh, thank you once again, Ian, for coming on the show. Tony, let's wrap it up, though. Continue our draft season. Hashtag draft SZN. This week, I thought in honor of the draft, since we're a week away, our top three things an NFL draftee should not do on draft weekend or should not have or some something that is faux pas, if you will. So, for example, Tack McKinley a couple of years ago, bringing a giant portrait of his grandmother on stage. Very odd, very cringy in the moment. Maybe that's something a draftee should not do. Incorporate props. So, Tony, I think you did the honors last week. If you don't mind, I would like to do the honors this week. We flip the coin. I employ one metaphorically. With my first pick of things an NFL draftee should not do on draft weekend, don't be sad or at least look like you're sad when you get drafted. 
was going to take that. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah, see, that's why I went first, because I knew it was going to be on the top of your board. It's last so, year, well, the Bills experienced it. Particularly scarred by. Yes, with last year's pick of James Cook. And, and a year later, I don't picks. think, I think he smiled Steph once. Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Steph Gilmore, that's another good one. Did Aaron Maiman smile when he got drafted? I don't, I don't think Aaron so. Maiman I don't smile? Remember. I don't know. I don't think he did because I remember being at the Bills Stadium draft party for that draft, and one of the Jills, the Buffalo Bills cheerleaders, came up to my father and I and asked if we were excited for the pick, and my dad emphatically said no, and that cheerleader was so demoralized in that moment, took the cheer right out of her. So I don't think Aaron Maven smiled because we weren't smiling, but the Bills do have a good history of drafting players who uh, are very stoic and do not smile. Also, we've seen past instances of, for example, CJ Henderson, just not being happy to be drafted by the Jaguars a couple of years ago. And we see that all the time. So if you are getting drafted, fulfilling your dream of making the NFL, throw a smile, be excited, be cheerful. It's your moment. Live in it. Be happy. Don't be sad with a sourpuss on your face. That's all I'm saying. That's my number one pick. Don't be the guy who's sad or look like you're sad when you get drafted. Couldn't agree more. And that, like I said, that is a pick that I had on my board, high on my board. Something that's going to irk me, and maybe I'm showing my curmudgeoniness in my old age for my first pick, but I'm not going to like it if you come out on that stage out of that tunnel and just like TikTok dance your way to Roger Goodell. Not a fan of that move. This isn't a high school graduation where the douchebag kids are in like a game of one-upsmanship going up to the principal. You just got <laughs> drafted in the NFL. You don't have to do all this. You don't have to like get, professional. get that kind of attention. You don't need to be gritty enough to Roger Goodell. Right. Exactly. The attention, like this is already your moment. You don't have to get the attention on you. You have the attention. For 15 minutes, you have the attention. So the, Or I should say 10 minutes now. I feel like that's something that you're going to like regret when you're an older person in the league. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's going to be like the, like a, like the embarrassing quote you put for your yearbook quote. Like, oh yeah, I could regret <laughs> that. Like, yep. I've like, been there. It was of the time, but I was 21. Ah, like, that's what I used the family guy quote. Darn. I immediately regret that five years later. Yeah, total. Of course. Completely. So I could do, uh, I could do without that. Go, go up there. And especially in this day and age. In your moment, yes. Don't don't go up there and be Jackson Mahomes because nobody wants to be Jackson Mahomes. He's not anyone you should emulate in any way. No, Jackson Mahomes is not a good moral compass for anybody no, in this league. Don't be, be TikTok in after you get drafted. Yeah, you can TikTok, but don't dance. It's an involvement yeah, dance. Just have them dance. be in the moment. Be in the moment. Good number one pick, right. Tony. My second pick. Don't be the NFL draft pick that is a marketing gimmick right away. If you're at a draft party, if you're in the green room, I don't want to see any sponsorships, no company logos anywhere in your ether, in your in your area, on your family's clothes, anything. The most famous and man did this backfire on this company real bad. Henry Ruggs wore an old spice robe when he got drafted as a marketing gimmick, as a spokesperson for Old Spice. Not not a great look at Old Spice all these years later. Looked bad on Henry Ruggs at the time. Don't be a marketing gimmick. That's all I have to say. If a company wants to pay you a lot of money, wait till after the draft, do a commercial, do something. Don't be a gimmick in the moment. Do I have a mole in my war room? Because you took (laughs) another one of my picks. (laughs) 
yes, I was about that. I don't, I don't need that in my life. All right. So I can, I can take someone now that maybe I feel like you have a higher value on, but I have to take it because this is my late round. This is my Josh Wiley of this draft, my late right. round gem. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say don't hug in the wrong order. Oh, I like that. No, I know. Now, I don't know what the right order is. And I implore you to give your opinion on what the right <laughs> order is. But you got a lot of hugs going around. There's usually some sort of girl involved. But then there's also a sister involved, at least one. Then there's a mom involved. Mm-hmm. What's the right order of hugs in this? I mean, do you go curveball? Do you go agent first? Interesting. Do I go agent first? I think that really depends because how many of these at-home draft parties are is the agent coming to? There's only so many agents. True, yeah. You know, I mean, they're going to probably like the first round picks. Right. You know? So maybe you do agent first. I would say my, my ranking would go, if I was a first round pick, I'd go agent, dog, mom, dad, sister and girlfriend and that's because and this was one of my picks so this might be my third pick that we we could just entangle here or it could just be added on to your second pick girlfriend wait on the list because most likely that girlfriend you have on draft day at your draft party is not going to be your girlfriend maybe even three months from that moment or that day as we saw with russell wilson with his mm-hmm. crazy girlfriend looking like she's about to kidnap 101 dalmatians he dropped her real fast well, he also had immediate stardom. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like you're you're gonna have mm-hmm. much more stardom than you had in college. Oh, for sure. Drop drop the the crazy girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Wilson's mom a couple years ago throwing Isaiah Wilson's girlfriend off the couch. Like, get out of the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was classic. Moment. That was a <laughs> yeah. classic. Uh, CD Lamb, like the girlfriend tried to snatch his phone. And he's like, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember that, Like, too. don't that have these classic. girlfriends even in the picture because they're trying to make the moment about them. It should right. be about you. You're the draft. They're person. in the policing. Yeah. They're they're on the You're police. You're just going to drop them in three months anyway. Learn from veteran mistakes. Yes. Learn from a particular veteran's mistakes. That's right. Learn we from veteran it. mistakes. What What's your power rankings in terms of hug order? Uh, I think you go mom first. Yeah, that seems logical. And then I logical. think you go girlfriend. I, I think you still have to put the girlfriend up there because she's not gone yet. <laughs> like you gotta, you still gotta head your bets. Yes, here, she's you know? sticking around for another day or two. Yeah, so like I think you got to I think you're gonna go mom first, and then that's excusable to the girlfriend. And then I think you got hell to pay, and it's not the girlfriend next. Then immediate family and agent can be part of the immediate family. So then it's like however the seating configuration is. I like that one. Hug order is very important when it comes to mm-hmm. to getting drafted. Uh, Tony, my third and final pick. Uh, I got a couple options. All right, I'm going to go with this one. Might be some low-hanging fruit, but I feel like I got to take it. One of the top things an NFL draftee should not do is not check your social media before the draft. <laughs> A.K.A. do check your social media before the draft. Mm-hmm. Because... Like every single tweet you ever tweeted. You're guaranteed to find. Every gram you ever grammed. If you don't find something, someone else will. (laughs) A la Larry Me Tunsil is the most famous. Hours before he was supposedly going to be a top pick in the draft. A very funny picture came out of him in just a, I don't even, Black Plague bong mask. I don't even know how to describe it. 
like the death mask from the Black Plague era, but a bong attached yeah, to it. Bong. Uh, and it dropped yeah. him down to the mid-teens and he lost millions of dollars on top of it. So do not be the guy to not check your past social media tweets, grams. Please do check them before the draft and during the draft Please and do. after the draft. Mm-hmm. Don't, have, don't put yourself in a position where you get drafted by the Buffalo Bills seventh overall and the first line of questions that everyone's asking you is, so do you think you're racist? Not a good start to anyone's we career. We remember those days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those were the days. Yeah, we were so naive. You're so naive. Right. <laughs> Your third and final pick. I'm going to say what you don't do is don't sort of let yourself be ignorant to the draft announcer of your pick. So, like, especially if you're a second or third rounder and, like, a legend mm-hmm. of the team is drafting you, Andre Reed's drafting you and you're like, who is this guy? Like, I don't care who this guy is. <laughs> and then it's just like you brush them off, even though now you're connected for life. I right. mean, that is that is rough. Like, I, I think that there should be like a little key, a little program or something with the with the background on all the draft announcers. Have you heard anybody who's who's announcing our picks? I have not yet this year. No, I have not yet either. I feel like be interesting know. to see. Yeah, I feel like do you feel like we usually know by now? Uh, I don't know because I didn't know about Stevie last year oh yeah maybe maybe but i feel like i knew by the way do we still have we figured out who that guy with stevie was on stage last year? <laughs> yeah that guy who was that guy a, yeah that's stevie's boy that was announced on sure, social media it's just like a steve's boy all right what it, what do you put the odds on that demar hamlin's announcing a pick oh uh a hundred percent a hundred percent that's a hundred percent is for yes, me too absolutely okay what do you put the odds on that Demir Hamlin will be involved in the announcement of that pick? Uh, 10%. Oh, really? I think well, it's, inv- I think inv- it's over well, What's your definition of involved? Involved that he says something or involved that he's just walked on stage with Demar and he stands in that the That he's at least on stage. That he's at least on stage with Demar. Okay. I'll say 50 But I think, if he's, I think if he's coming on stage, then he's saying the pick into the microphone. Demar's going to be a good big brother and let... His little brother. Demar, the I think Demar will say the real words of wisdom, and then the player in college will be announced by Demir. That could get tricky, though. You're putting a little kid in a precarious situation where it could be a tough name to pronounce. Could be embarrassing. That's true. It's it's always very evident. That's a great pick, too, by the way, because it's very evident when, like, the after interview after the draftee gets picked, and it's like, how great was it to be picked by Andre Reed? And they're like. Yeah, he was a great player. <laughs> like he just gives yeah. the most yeah, like, and it's just like answer yeah, ever. Just, thank God I worked so hard to be here. You know, it's like yeah. and it's just like the generic answer has nothing to do with Andre Reed. You don't know. We know. You don't know. <laughs> right. For you some know. reason. <laughs> you weren't alive. Uh, so right, exactly. Uh Tony, what do you say we wrap up the episode though? Put a bow on it, baby. Well, let's put a bow week. on it. It's draft week. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, of course, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozies are at just $5. Big time. You need a Traveling Growler koozie for the summer months. Keep your drinks cold. Shop local, support local, www.travelinggrowler.com. Podcast store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Go to the Google, search Witty Not Funny, all one word, and then Teespring, hit enter, and we're the first results. Check out all the cool designs, crewnecks, T-shirts, tanks, hoodies. We got everything, every size, every color. 
original designs. Check it out. Support the podcast. T-E-E-Spring.com. Search Way Not Funny. All one word. Where to find the podcast. You can find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts or listen to for free. Spotify, iTunes, on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, at Built in Buffalo underscore. If you like us, leave us a review. Subscribe. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. And we truly do mean that 125 episodes into the show. Uh, Twitter handles. Tony, you back on Twitter? Nope. No. Still going <laughs> strong. I, I think the draft is going to be a tough situation for me not to be on Twitter. It is, yes. I think I should probably be on. I think I should probably get back on for the draft. I think you should. <laughs> so you can hit me and up. And if you were at, to, where can listeners hit you up? Yeah, so you can hit me up at Tony Ambrose. T-O-N-Y-A-M-B-R-O-S-E and patiently wait until Thursday when I will see the alerts that have been waiting for me for months. Hashtag Tony tweets draft. Ooh, that'd be fun. Look at that. Got some Twitter content coming. You could steal that one. You could steal that one. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) You can find the podcast or you can find the podcast on Twitter at WoodySports716 also on Instagram. Facebook and TikTok. What are you not funny sports? Uh, give us a follow. We love following back, connecting with Buffalo sports community out there. Bills Mafia, Saber Swords people. Hit that follow. We'll follow back at Witty Sports 716. Tony, send off for the listeners. What do you got? I have a send off for one potential listener. Ooh. And his name is Josh Wiley. Josh, <laughs> see you Saturday. Whoa. <laughs> Bold words. Josh Wiley out. I can't wait till he. He pulls a Jojo Doman and continues to fall, and it's the seventh <laughs> no. round. You're like, just take him, just take just him. take it. And we haven't, and it's a world where we haven't taken. No, it'll be worse because, like last year, I'm bound, pounding the table for Jojo Doman. We had already taken a linebacker in Terrell Vernon. Yes. I'm like, well, it's hopeless because we already took a linebacker. Then he's still there. He's been number one on the big board for like we take hours factor. and hours. <laughs> Yes. And we take Balen Spector. We take another linebacker. And I'm like, you you cannot be effing serious with this. <laughs> and that is, so listeners, we, why Balen Spector is Tony's least favorite player in Bill's organizational history ever. <laughs> if only. The, uh, <laughs> the So to, to see how it falls, like, we're only taking Josh Wiley if we don't take another tight end earlier. I and would. so I'm, no, you think we're drafting two tight ends? There's no way. You know, we have one on the and two on the roster, but Quinn Morris is I like Quinn Morris, but he's an undrafted guy who right. is a bubble roster guy at this point. Like, why not take it could be. You don't know that. You didn't think think we'd take two linebackers last year and we did. Who's to say we don't take two tight ends? Well, we'll find out. If Very we take one before if we take one before round six on Saturday afternoon when they announced Josh Wiley as a bill. <laughs> Oh, the you'll, entire, be, you'll be so pumped. The entire history that live of the franchise reaction. pivots to glory. <laughs> right then, at that moment. Yeah, Josh Wiley, moment. we'll see you Saturday. As we always say, go Bills. And of course, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Gotta go watch Power Rangers. The movie? Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the five week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is-
still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.